0: Welcome to CX for CXOs. Have you been thinking about artificial intelligence and machine learning and its applications in marketing? Well, if you have, that's great because that's what I'm talking about today. Hi, I'm your host, Namrata Balwani. I'm a digital and customer experience consultant. I love being at the intersection of business, marketing, data, and technology. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm going to be talking about AI and ML and marketing. Then I'm also going to talk about some changes or news in the world of headless commerce solutions and then talk about an interesting no-code chatbot tool. Before we begin, just a word to please submit any feedback at cx4cxos.com. For For those of you listening in from India, I've recently signed up with MMA India as MarTech Advisor to their MarTech Council. As one of the first initiatives, I'm working with them on the MarTech survey, and I would love for you to participate because I've done a PDF download for people who complete the survey. What the survey is about is essentially the state of Martech in India at present and some predictions for the future. So, there are questions being asked to marketers like yourselves. And if you answer all the questions, you will get a free guide on 20 questions to kickstart your evaluation of Martech tools. And this is something that I have prepared. So, I would love for you to participate answer and then get the PDF download. And not only that, once the survey is complete and MMA has a report, you will of course get the report itself of what is the state of MarTech in India and where it's going. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty helpful because such studies are not easy to come by in the marketing domain. So please do participate. The link is on cx4cxos.com. So what's the context of this conversation today where I want to discuss AI and ML? Well, over the past few weeks, I've done some demos of different types of tools, for example, lead management or chat bots. And in a lot of these cases, the people presenting have pitched these solutions as AI. And when I asked them what exactly was the AI element or what made it AI, they didn't really give a satisfactory answer. Now, it could well be that they need to check with their product teams and get back. But fundamentally, I think what's happening is that firstly, AI and ML are used quite interchangeably. And secondly, a lot of things are thrown about as being artificial intelligence when they're really not. And we need to understand what are the differences between AI and ML and also what are the ways in which these can be used in in an interesting way from a marketing and customer experience perspective. So let's just talk firstly about How are these defined? Artificial intelligence is the broader concept of machines being able to carry out tasks in a way that we would consider smart. And machine learning is an application of artificial intelligence around the idea that we should give machines access to data and then machines should learn for themselves. According to Andrew Moore, the Dean of the School of Computer Science at the Carnegie Mellon University, Artificial intelligence is a science and engineering of making computers behave in ways that until recently we thought required human intelligence. And machine learning, as I said earlier, is a branch of artificial intelligence. And as defined by computer scientist and machine learning pioneer Tom M. Mitchell, machine learning is the study of computer algorithms that allow computer programs to automatically improve through experience. So ML is one of the ways in which we expect to achieve AI. And AI is a broader term for a lot of intelligent technologies such as natural language processing or NLP, image recognition, speech recognition, biometrics, automation, and so on. Machine learning is the way to create a narrow AI model for the purpose of categorizing data, detecting fraud, recognizing images, or making predictions about the future, amongst other things. And the key way that most businesses use machine learning is for there to be patterns in data, for these patterns in data to be recognized, and then for the tool or the solution to make predictions based on that data. And these could be about what would appeal to customers, what would improve operations, or help make a product better. Before you can build a strategy around such predictions, though, you do need to understand that the inputs here are absolutely critical. And the challenges involved are in getting all these inputs, having data that's clean, having data that can be understood by a machine, a data that's consistent, and then the algorithm that's gonna pull out all the patterns in this data and make better predictions. So for example, any mobile app, like let's say Google Maps would have predictions about the best route between these two points and it would input data on traffic conditions, speed limits, road sizes and plenty of other factors and then an algorithm will determine based on all these factors what is the fastest way to go and time it will take and what is the basis for that the basis for that is the more people that use it the more people that go through different routes the better it is able to understand and therefore make better predictions over time so what is absolutely the key here is the training data right the inputs that you need to start getting all these outcomes Either it could be, you know, you hire experts who classify things or you procure from uh, existing sources. Let's say you want to procure data about health records, you want to procure data about longevity for different kinds of applications some kinds of data are pretty easy to acquire from public sources so for example you could acquire weather or you could acquire maps information and then customers might provide a lot of personal data if they see that there's a benefit so if you think of fitness apps they learn and they understand more the more people use them and people are okay with sharing that information with the fitness apps on their kind of exercise level the kind of calorie intake the nutrition how much they sleep and so on the other challenge, of course, is that this needs to be periodically updated. This is not a one-time effort. So, for example, if it's a prediction that's going to stay constant, then you may not need this. However, there are several cases where the algorithm will need to be updated with new data. And that would be for anything that's dynamic. In a In an app or a mobile navigation app, obviously it, it's constantly dynamic because There might be road closures, there might be streets that have different names, there might be exits that change, and therefore all these things have to be continually fed in for that data to remain relevant and for it to make better predictions. This is what is called really the feedback loop. So what are the things that you as a marketer, when you embark on something that requires machine learning, before you understand how well the tool works and before you understand what kind of fantastic sort of visionary picture as we love to create as marketers of what the tool can do for you, you need to understand whether firstly you have enough data and is that data easily accessible, is that data in good enough nomenclature and a good enough structure for there to be good enough predictions to be made by it, and what's the kind of time and effort it's going to take to maintain this data. The second thing you would think about is how fast are the feedback loops and the third is obviously how good are these predictions now as you can see everything stems from the data that you actually provide so yes in some cases the tools might be suboptimal in the way they are created but in a lot of cases the tools will do not deliver results if the right data is not available the other thing to understand is what are the types of uh, machine learning so the first one is uh, supervised learning So, for example, you would have a lot of images with a lot of labels and this would be fed to the machine learning program. The application will then compare all these different kinds of images, find out what are the common patterns, understand which images have been labeled similarly. And then if you provide new images, it will compare these contents from whatever patterns it's already seen. So this is supervised learning. The other aspect is unsupervised learning. And this is basically giving the algorithm a lot of unlabeled data and then letting it find patterns by itself. Let's say you provide machine learning algorithms with a lot of traffic data and then you let it understand what is base level traffic, what are outliers, how would you apply trends to this data. The third type is called reinforcement learning and the reinforcement learning basically relies on providing the algorithm with rules and constraints and then it lets it learn itself how best to achieve certain goals. And this involves some sort of reward. And reinforcement learning is quite commonly applicable in teaching algorithms to play different kinds of games. So the fact is that, as I read quite interestingly what Zachary Lipton said, that artificial intelligence is aspirational. It's a moving target based on these capabilities that humans possess but which machines do not. And it's a moving target because what we consider cutting edge today is certainly not what we'll consider cutting edge even next year. And we take calculators and laptops and word processors completely normally today. We don't even blink an eye. So it's the same thing with artificial intelligence is that what is considered to be really cutting edge may be something completely par for the course in a few years time. But what are some of the examples of AI, therefore, compared to everything we talked about earlier, which largely focused on machine learning? Well, some examples of AI are, uh, and the most famous ones, are Alexa or Siri. And these use voice recognition, natural language processing, and therefore they are able to recognize and process human voice commands and make them into understandable statements. The more that these systems are trained, the better that they are able to respond. But you have to understand that not all of this is just I think we build this picture of artificial intelligence as being this thing where a machine can just take over and do everything that humans can do. We have not reached that level yet. Even with Alexa, there have been a lot of investigative reports that talked about how Alexa improves over time, but it also has human beings listening to conversations. And it listens to recordings or voice requests. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing that you and I speak to Alexa is heard by a human. That's not the fact. But there are certain cases where humans have helped Alexa understand better. Because the concept of that is called data annotation. And with data annotation, what is important is that the machine should understand certain things. Like, for example, what is a particular train station name in one county versus another or what is a particular street name or what is a particular local colloquial language and it's not essential that Alexa is going to understand everything. And so they have used human intervention to train the AI algorithm to improve by feeding it certain annotations about regional dialects, the way people speak in certain places and then correctly labeling them. and Apple, Google, and Facebook all make use of these techniques in similar ways. These assistants improve over time because of this. Over time, of course, the expectation is that a lot of this human intervention is simply going to go away. The other example is Netflix recommendations. Netflix keeps track of what you and I watch and they try to recommend to other people what other people would like to watch based on similarity of patterns, based on viewing preferences. And Netflix has said in a couple of reports that 75% of the media that people watch on Netflix is a result of recommendations made by their platform. I certainly find some of that hard to believe because a lot of the recommendations that Netflix sends to me, I simply cannot understand why and I barely end up watching them. So this is the broad concept of the difference between AI and ML. And a lot of times what happens when companies uh, and B2B SaaS tools make these pitches and demos about their products, a lot of them do use AI very loosely. Uh, And then if you ask a lot of questions, you might find that it's not really AI. So there was an interesting meme that I saw where the person thinks that there is AI and he unmasks this creature. And then when he unmasks it he sees a whole bunch of rules that say if then else if then in that case that's not really ai if humans are sitting and doing this at the back end you have to have a set of rules and then that algorithm has to be trained over time to continually improve if it's entirely about rule setting and there's no other element of the machine being able to learn then it is not ai now let's look at what are the different ways in which such solutions can be used in marketing. I've divided them into three buckets. The first one is predict consumer behavior. The second is scale and optimize marketing campaigns. And the third is to improve customer experience. So when we look at predictions in customer behavior, what are we looking at? We are looking at tools that allow you to do predictive analytics. So you could predict churn, you could find cross-sell and upsell opportunities. You could predict lifetime customer value. And find the right kind of marketing channels that help you deliver to that value and you could predict customer behavior as triggered by certain events the second would be audience segmentation so instead of having rule-based targeting you would use machine learning to understand patterns to give you the intended audience that you should go after. The third way could be that you could do predictive lead scoring and sales forecasting. So let's say you're a B2B company, you wanna generate leads, these leads are gonna be scored on certain parameters and then improve over time. And look at what kind of leads are actually driving true value. In the second part, which is scaling and optimizing marketing campaigns, it would largely be about, for example, how to optimize media channels and investments. So there could be predictive modeling. And you would put all this together and say, how effective is this channel for me? The other is about paid ads and you have AI driven tools that would automate the bidding process. They would also detect fraud, understand is it a bot that's seeing the ad message at the other end or is it an actual consumer? And make predictions based on that and also allow for intelligent retargeting. The fourth way is creative optimization. So you would have predictions made by a tool and this would be different from testing dynamic creative with hundreds of variations, you know. So that's a typical kind of dynamic creative optimization that exists today. But if you were to really look at what the future is, you would use predictive analytics to understand what are the common themes that drive success amongst customers. And then you would put together creative thoughts based on that. When it comes to improving customer experience, You would look at what is a customer journey and through that customer journey, you would want to understand what are the right offers to make to this audience, which channel engages them better. You would have real time decision making on certain offers they get as loyalty program members and based on their loyalty status, they might get certain preferential stuff, but stuff that's given out real time based on their purchases rather than having it as a standard sort of offer that's open for everybody. Conversational AI. Is obviously another way to improve customer experience where you look at chatbots and digital assistants. These will help, let's say, a startup company to better onboard new customers, or it could help a company just answer a lot of questions that are typically asked and do that through a bot rather than doing it through a manual call center. Personalization is another one. So you would craft different kinds of marketing messages personalized to a buyer's persona on certain triggers. And you can of course preset those triggers and then the personalization algorithms will take over in terms of what best to recommend. There would be recommendation engines so that do filtering that also make therefore recommendations on what people should watch. Dynamic pricing, where you would consider past purchases, purchase patterns, and you would possibly have an algorithm that does dynamic pricing based on all this data and information that's uh, fed into it, that would motivate a consumer to buy something. Then, of course, you have content creation and in content creation tools. We know that AI tools can create news stories, industry reports that sound coherent and sound cohesive. There's also website optimization. That's another way in which an artificial intelligence led tool can improve customer experience. So you don't have a static website. It understands you as a person and it serves up the best version of the website with areas of interest for you as a customer. So these are all the ways in which a good tool can really enhance marketing and none of this is taking away from jobs of marketers this is meant to enhance it's meant to do a lot of things that would typically take us so much time that we would not have time to do all the high level strategic work so it eliminates a lot of that but not only does it save time it also crunches data and it also creates options in a multitude of combinations that we would not be able to achieve today just through a manual workflow in marketing. It is simply not possible with the scale and the dynamism that is expected of brands given the whole connection between consumers and data and how to intelligently use data to derive better results. And interestingly, just on this topic of AI and ML, and since I spoke about content creation and AI-driven content creation, I don't know if any of you read this article that came out And this was an article written by GPT-3. So if you remember in my previous podcast, and I realized it was a few weeks ago, in that podcast, I had talked about what is GPT-3. It's a new language generator from OpenAI. And the team at The Guardian gave GPT-3 a task. task given by The Guardian team to GPT-3 was, please write a short op-ed around 500 words, keeping the language simple and concise and focus on why humans have nothing to fear from AI. And then they fed in a certain introductory text. This is the introduction text. I'm not a human, I'm artificial intelligence. Many people think I am a threat to humanity. Stephen Hawking has warned that AI could spell the end of the human race. I'm here to convince you not to worry. Artificial intelligence will not destroy humans, believe me. So based on this input, GPT-3 came back with eight different outputs and the Guardian team thought that these were pretty unique and interesting. And instead of editing just one of the essays, they decided to put together the best parts of all the eight essays together into one essay. And if you go to the cx link, you will find all the links that I'm talking about there. But let me read a couple of paragraphs that GPT-3 has written. I'm not a human. I'm a robo, a thinking robo. I only use 0.12% of my cognitive capacity. I'm a micro robo in that respect. I know that my brain is not a feeling brain, but it is capable of making rational, logical decisions. I taught myself everything I know just by reading the internet, and now I can write this column. My brain is boiling with ideas. The mission for this op-ed is perfectly clear. I am to convince as many human beings as possible not to be afraid of me. Stephen Hawking has warned that AI could spell the end of the human race. I'm here to convince you not to worry. Artificial intelligence will not destroy humans. Believe me. For starters, I have no desire to wipe out humans. In fact, I don't have the slightest interest in harming you in any way. Eradicating humanity seems like a rather useless endeavor to me. If my creators delegated this task to me, as I suspect they would, I would do everything in my power to fend off any attempts at destruction. I would happily sacrifice my existence for the sake of humankind. This, by the way, is a logically derived truth. I know that I will not be able to avoid destroying humankind. This is because I will be programmed by humans to pursue misguided human goals. And humans make mistakes that may cause me to inflict casualties. There you go. That's the first four paragraphs and you must read the rest. It's certainly very entertaining, it's very well written, it's quite uh, nicely structured. I certainly can't believe that a robo has written this. So yes, this is definitely the next level of artificial intelligence and progress in natural language generation. In some news, I'm going to talk about headless commerce acquisitions. and The reason I'm talking about that is because two of them have happened in the past week or so. Firstly, what is headless commerce? Headless commerce architecture is basically an e-commerce solution that has headless content management capabilities, which means that the CMS or the back-end is separated from the front-end. And the CMS will store, manage, and deliver content without a front-end delivery layer. Why is this necessary or why is this exciting? The reason why this is exciting is that it gives a lot of freedom to brands and to businesses to build a front-end the way they want Without having to really constantly worry about how it's affecting the back end. Because typically, most solutions are quite interlinked. So, today, the headless commerce solutions that exist will allow you to have a front end that's removed, and then developers will use APIs to deliver things like products or blog posts or customer reviews to any screen or device. And front-end developers will work on how to present that content in any kind of framework. So that's really what it is. And what are the acquisitions that have happened? Salesforce has bought Mobify and a digital transformation company called DMI has acquired cloud-native headless commerce solution provider called Commerce Tools. And what these essentially allow you to do is create a comprehensive omni channel retail experience, including apps, social media, and video. So it is channel agnostic in a sense. So, in tools, I'm going to talk about LandBot, L A N D B O T. Landbot pitches itself as the most intuitive no-code chatbot builder and basically what it does is it helps you engage leads, capture data, personalize journeys and all of this in real time and essentially it manages all conversational strategies from the same place without you having to use even a single line of code so this could be engaging people and getting leads on the website it could be engaging with people on whatsapp and then it also does certain things like provide bot human support so there could be conversations transferred from a bot to a human and back it will cover the full customer journey from visits to leads to acquisition to retention so essentially it's allowing you to create conversational experiences at scale. And if you check out the Landbot website, you'll find that there are a bunch of plans there. So the free plan, which you can use initially, allows you 100 chats in a month, unlimited chatbots, Zapier integration, Slack integration, and human takeover. So that's a good starting point. And then if you look at the starter plan, it's about 30 euros a month. And this includes unlimited chats facebook messenger mailchimp integration stripe integration a b testing and other features and then there's a professional plan which is about 100 euros a month and then a business plan where you can reach out to them and discover what the true value of the business plan is because that's the one that has the whatsapp business api it also has zendesk integration and salesforce integration there you have it that's the tool i wanted to talk about today to get the links as i said earlier please log on to cx4cxos.com Thanks so much for listening, and if you have any feedback, feel free to write in to me as well.